1: Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. We would like to give a big thanks to T-Cat the DJ for our newest five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike
0: Mowry. What up, what up? I'm trying to think if I can come up with a name sort of like T-Cat the DJ. Can it be like m Dog the V-J? (laughs) uh i'm just curious who this guy is and i now i've got to go and and actually read uh his positive review um yeah
1: it was very it was very nice uh and anyone that writes us a a review is very nice so keep on keep them coming people um in the last episode we chatted about part-timing a music career that was a really interesting episode so check it out if you haven't already Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberjaw and get fifteen percent off your entire order.
0: Yeah, Rockabilia has supported this show and the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network for, you know, a considerable amount of time now, I think since the start of the year. So Give them a little love. Head on over to rockabilia.com. Check out their 500,000 plus items across all genres, many of which are you know, items from either other hosts and their bands on Jabberjaw Podcast Network or just awesome, awesome, awesome bands in our in our scene. Um, so yeah, PC Jabberjaw gets you 15% off. Tell them Blasco and Mike sent you. And uh, we'll be happy about that. Hell yeah. Uh,
1: This week, we take some questions from one of our loyal listeners. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, Mike, um, people keep writing in. They keep listening, and they keep uh, having questions, and uh, I support that. And uh, it's good because um, it helps drive us on these episodes, because, you know, most of the times I'm just kind of guessing what people are interested in. And uh, so whenever people write in, we can specifically help them with their questions and potentially other people have the same issues, right? Uh, I would say that um, I got a lot of response from our last one about the, the part-time music career episode. And I thought that was interesting that that sparked a lot of
0: uh, interest. What was the overall vibe in most of the responses that we got?
1: It was it was it was totally positive but it was just interesting that that one got so much of a response in that, like, oh, I've been thinking about doing something similar or, you know, like, like this is really interesting in the, in the scope of, you know, how the business is currently in this genre. And maybe this is something that makes sense. And so it was just, uh, it was just interesting to see that, that that got such a, such a high level of response. So must've been a really interesting topic. So uh, thanks for whoever uh, wrote in with that one.
0: Yeah, and keep sending us uh, you know, these questions and any requests for topics that we want to cover. It's funny. I was thinking, I think just last week, I was like, is Blasco ever going to run out of uh, <laughs> articles and stuff that we can cover that are interesting? So it's nice that we're sort of shifting a little bit, at least in the meantime, to cover specific questions from all of our amazing listeners.
1: No doubt. So Andrew, our loyal listener, he wrote in and said... Hey, Blasco, I'm really enjoying the podcast so far, and I have some questions for you guys. As a manager, what's most important to you when deciding to work with an artist? So, Mike, I'll let you tackle that one first. (sighs)
0: Such a broad question, and I think it sort of is a, a, you know, if it's a needle, it's kind of floating in a certain range, depending on you know, where I am in terms of the number of artists that I'm handling. And if there's any like genres that I'm trying to, you know, I guess, dig into a little bit more, but I would say that, you know, the real core is, and we've talked about this on many episodes, like what is the band already doing for themselves? And do we see that there's stuff that if we get involved, we can really help, grow that existing operation into something that's much more viable. So things that I would say would make sense, of course, is great music. But also one of the things that I've learned over the past few years, especially is, is there some star potential in the person who's, you know, fronting the band and out there advocating on a regular basis? You really can't replace that. And in addition to just having the star potential... They've really got to be driven, and you know something that you say happened in your career, uh, so you know that that really led you to where you are. Is there is no alternative? Like they want success, no matter what, and they're going to you know drive themselves with our guidance until they get to the place that you know we all think that they can go. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I got a hundred percent agree. I mean, if the question is what's most important. Meaning the one thing, you know, there's a lot of little things that all add up, but if there's one most important thing, it's a group of people that are willing to make a sacrifice and it shows that they are, they don't necessarily have to be killing it in any one particular aspect, but the appearance of wanting to kill it. Right, the appearance of I will do anything to make this happen, and it shows whether they book have booked their own tours, put out their own records, taken some initiative. Right, like sacrifice and initiative. Like I love seeing that. There's nothing more of a turnoff than someone that's just looking for a handout.
0: Like I fucking hate that. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. Is I get a lot of inquiries that say, oh, you know, I'm dedicated to this. I want to do anything that it takes. You know, this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. But they don't, you know, if you don't have any existing actions to back that up, then it is a little bit of a red flag, right? It's like, no, go cut your teeth doing some things on your own and come back to us when we can actually make an impact by by getting involved.
1: Yeah, he continues I'm probably like most people who listen to your show in that I'm an artist trying to build my band. I understand that a record label needs to consider whether a band has a following when signing them, but what do managers look for?
0: I mean, I think what record labels and managers are looking for are almost one and the same. You know, I mean, as a manager, we want to be able to help an artist exploit all of their potential reach for the you know the various income streams, but really the fundamental you know uh, the core thing that all of us are looking for are those same things that we just indicated. Right? Sometimes, though, since I do a lot of development, I do get in earlier than a lot of the record labels will. But I'm trying to take what I see. And grow it to a place kind of, you know, that that a record label is willing to come in and then invest their money. But I really think that it's, it's you know, almost one and the same.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. A couple of things I want to point out here, though, um, in that I want to commend him in that he is an artist trying to build his band, and he's listening to this show. And he probably is doing a myriad of other things. But I want to say, I just want to point out the fact that, that that's awesome. That he is trying to do something and he's educating himself with how he can work smarter and not harder. Right. Like, I, I just want to acknowledge Andrew and pat him on the back for that. Respect.
0: Um, yeah. I would I, agree.
1: The other thing is that, um, I also have to pat him on the back when he says, I understand that a record label needs to consider whether a band has a following when signing them. I don't think that that's common. I don't think that most people understand that like Andrew does.
0: <laughs> what do you think most people are thinking then? They just have to have great songs or?
1: Yes. I I, I do not think that the majority of musicians in bands trying to get signed understand That a record label considers whether or not the band has a following or not by by and large like if, if they've built a following i i i believe that most people still operate under the myth that once they get signed that the label then does all of that work for them and puts them in front of people and builds them an audience. I think we're seeing less and less of that. We're seeing smarter bands in the in the digital age, you know, b- building their own careers and building their own followings. But I still think a majority of artists operate under this false narrative that people like you and I and labels do all this work for them and all they have to do is show up to the party.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for anybody listening that doesn't understand that, Just think of it in terms of if a label is going to sign you, they're making a financial investment in your future. And, you know, if you've got an existing following, it's much easier to help direct you in a place where that following can grow. You know, it's sort of proof of concept, right? Because we've seen so many bands who have great music. But haven't done any of the diligence to build a following to prove that they can get out there on the road, do all of the things that we're going to need from them in order to help them grow. And so, yeah, we absolutely need to see that you can do that on your own before we get involved.
1: My analogy is like: you ever watched that show The Prophet with Marcus Lemonis, right? Yep. So, so like we're Marcus Lemonis, right, and your band is the, the, the suffering like product that doesn't know how to get out of its own way. And we come in and we invest our time, energy, and resources because we believe that we can help you like build your brand. Right. And, and that's the way it has, that's the way I look at it. Like I'm an investor and the band is a startup but there has to be something that i see to where my time, energy and resources can build this startup into a successful company, right? And that's that's the way i look at it. So if you haven't watched that show, go watch that show.
0: I mean, yeah. one thing that i'll say as somebody who has gotten in pretty early on a number of bands that eventually, you know, raised to a level that i would define as successful is as a manager i think we we develop a much more personal relationship with the individuals in the bands and so sometimes you know if a band has a small following that a label might not want to get involved at that point i will get in because of my conversations with you know whether it's the singer or the guitar player or the collective band as a whole and i you know i can see and and really you know know that they're going to do all of the things that are necessary for for me to invest my time in. And I can build them to a point that then a label will become interested. So to me, it's so much, you know, when we talk about what are, you know, what is the most important factor, all those things that I already said are really the most important. But the next component really is, is, you know, in the infancy, you know, in the early stages of me getting to know the band members can I really get that sense that they are, you know, so hungry and so driven that with my guidance, I can build them to a point that a label would be interested.
1: Uh, He continues. Conversely, if an artist has multiple offers from prospective managers, what should the artist consider?
0: Um, A number of things. I think first and foremost, no matter what engage you know what relationship you're engaging in in this business, you need to do some you know grassroots. Uh, you know, uh, what am I fucking trying to say? <laughs> Sorry. You know, you need to do some work on your own to to figure out what to other people that are in relationships with you know these managers or these management companies how is that relationship, right? Because I think so many people look and say, well, they've got this band on their roster or that band on their roster. And therefore, I can, you know, grow to be as big as that band. But inevitably, that might not be the case. Every band is different. And it's really going to come down to how do they approach it? How do they approach you, you know, in a unique fashion that's different than the way they're approaching their other bands. So, that's really what I would say is, is do your research, talk to other people that are, that are working with, you know, the managers or management companies to get some real feedback on how that relationship is.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that is a great point. Like if there's other people on the team already, you know, ask them if they've worked with the prospective manager and how that relationship has worked. You know, I, I want to believe that a lot of it should come down to who you get along with the best, like who you feel that who you feel the best vibe from who's the most enthusiastic about your band and your, your, you know, your project. Um, I know it's hard and I'm as to blame as anybody else. And I know it's hard if you're to not go with bigger, bigger always sounds better. And I'll give you an example and apologies if I've told this a million times on this podcast already, but In the mid nineties, I got, my band got signed to Electra Records. We met with a bunch of managers, but the managers that we picked that wasn't even a doubt were the guys that were managing Pantera and White Zombie at the time in the mid nineties, which you got to figure Pantera and White Zombie in the mid nineties were the biggest metal bands of all time. Right. And like newer bands. Right. And there was no question for us that we would go with the biggest guys. Now, in hindsight, did that make a lot of sense? I don't know. I mean, maybe they you know, they they gave us a couple of white zombie shows or whatever, but at the end of the day, the band imploded because of interpersonalities not working out, right? And I don't know that had the band taken off that that issue would have been quelled at all. Like it, it's it, it's like you know, it, it, it's like bigger isn't necessarily better. I think, like I said, just to, to reiterate, I think it's like working with someone that you vibe with the best is potentially going to be your best option.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think there's got to be like a a little bit of a baseline of size and or experience. Agreed. Um, but 100%. that said, I mean, there's plenty of managers who started out by they were friends with a band, you know, or you know, just identified them and it was the first band that they managed and they put all of their energy and attention into it. And, you know, it, it worked. So I'm hesitant to say, you know, to, you know, to absolutely exclude certain people because they don't have experience. But I think part of it is really, you know, identifying what do you really think your needs are? You know, what are you good at? Um, and what, are the things that you really think you need help with and then coming to the managers and, and interviewing them essentially you know if you think you really need help with social media you know do they have someone in-house that can help you uh, you know come up with a plan for that or is that not something that they you know typically end up you know typically help with? Um, so yeah I think a huge part of it has really just got to be the vibe because that you know you're going to deal with your manager, pretty much every day at least every week you know and as things grow it's going to be you know multiple times a day so having that vibe and and really trust is is a component of that vibe I would agree that is really the the most important thing
1: and uh, I'd also too like to point out that if you're in a position to where you're being courted by multiple managers you're doing something right so keep up with whatever that is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, you know, the other thing to consider is, you know, what are the terms of the agreement, right? You know, different managers come on in different capacities, you know, there's different percentages, there's different, uh, you know, core bits to what they might charge you back for, Um, you know, and just weighing the pros and cons is you know, a certain relationship that's going to end up costing you more worth it because a, you, you know, you trust and, and have a good vibe with them, you know, but they, hopefully that allows them to make you more money overall. So, you know, it's, it comes out as a wash and, and, you know, opposed to, um, you know, working with somebody that does things at a lower percentage, but can't create as many opportunities.
1: So he wraps it up by saying, my band is just about finished tracking its new album. It's been almost two years in the making. And I want to make sure we have a plan when it comes to putting it out. Do you have any advice?
0: I'm going to let you go first on this one. Cause, cause my answer is really uh, a self self-promotion tactic.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very broad stroke of a question because I don't know anything about your band or why it has taken you two years to make a record. Um, and um, so I would say that <clears throat> you, in, in 2018, 2019, putting out a record might not be your best foot forward. You know, I think you might want to analyze exactly who your core fan base is and see if it's worthy of putting a record out there. I mean, even whenever you look at Greta von Fleet, for instance, who's probably the most successful new band to come out over the course of the last, you know, just couple of years, even this year, um, they they started out putting out an EP, right? They they built it, uh, and they didn't they just they, didn't, they just didn't throw out an album's worth of content. So I think maybe you need to, for nothing else, you need to analyze. Is a record the right move? Maybe it's more of a single. Maybe it's more of a single with the video component and build it up that way. Maybe it is more of an EP and then save the other the other songs for a second EP or something. But um, uh, like without knowing more info, uh, my best advice is to really analyze who your fan base is, who you're selling to, and ask them what they want. And make sure that you give them what your fans actually are looking for.
0: Yeah, I think those are great points. I will say in episode 74, we covered how to reverse engineer things. And so, you know, go back and listen to that episode. But then take a look at what a couple of bands that you're inspired by have done when they've released whatever content, EP, album, you know, and try to try to see what their timeline was of releasing content and what content they actually released. So, you know, Outer Loop Coaching, which is my platform, has a course called Release It Right. And it's made specifically because I got so many questions from artists as to, yeah, we completed our record, whether it's a single EP or album, and what do we do now? And so in that course, we... You know, we give you the tools in a workbook to go through and identify all of the things that we think will help you from a content perspective to market your record and then build a plan around that. So I would encourage you to start there. But also, yeah, take a look at what other bands are doing and and reverse engineer and apply those things to, you know, to your individual plan based on, like Blasco said, what does your fan base actually want?
1: Yep. Well, that concludes episode 78. Thanks, Andrew, for writing in. And thank you all for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands mike what you got cooking
0: you guys can find me on twitter and instagram at at Michael loop uh i want to give blasco another plug on his great podcast season one of a new level uh if you haven't checked it out yet Go over to JabberjawMedia.com and find that gem of a season, ten episodes of some of the biggest names in our industry that he uh, does fantastic interviews with. So check that out. Uh, as I mentioned, OuterLoopCoaching.com is a great place to find some potential answers to questions like, "How do I, you know, how do I put out uh, the EP or album that you know we spent however many years creating?" And finally, rockabilia.com. They support us, so please support them. Head on over. PC Jabberjaw is the code that gets you 15% off. And tell them Blasco and Mike sent you.
1: Right Thanks, everyone.
0: Word.